0: a change maker in the health industry today. Enroll for the Functional Nutrition course and become an internationally recognized expert on the vitalistic philosophy of food and nutrition with our friends at the Functional Nutritional Academy. Register now and receive a six-week bonus accreditation course providing you with the business tools to start and grow your own business and get a whopping $1,000 discount. So don't delay, start your healthcare career today at thewellnesscouch.com forward slash functional. That's thewellnesscouch.com forward slash functional. This edition of 100 Not Out is proudly brought to you by our 2018 longevity experience to the Greek island of Ikaria. Known as the island where people forget to die, Ikarians experience 80% less dementia, 50% less cancer, and 20% less heart disease and live longer than anyone else on the planet. To find out why this is and experience Ikaria for yourself, come join myself, Damien Christoph, and an intimate group of like-minded souls for an all-inclusive 9-night, 10-day life changing immersion watch the highlights video get all of your info and apply on over at 100 notoutcom
1: the wellness coach.com streaming wellness into your lives
0: welcome to 100 not out featuring your hosts dr damien Christoph and marcus pierce Welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of ageing well. Marcus Pierce here with you, and I am here with the fabulous co-founder of The Wellness Catch and The Wellness Guys. He is the Prince of Wellness. He is Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello, brother.
1: Hello, brother.
0: You are Welcome a bit of you. a pri- Who is the prince? Welcome you look like here. a bit of a prince. If you were Prince so. Frederick of Denmark, is that his name, and you went to a bar in Brisbane without an ID... Do you reckon you would be refused entry for not
1: having your ID? I don't know. I I don't know.
0: Because you know that happened. Why? Did you know that that happened? Did
1: it? Prince no, Frederick. I was
0: going, where are you going with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know Princess Mary, Australia's very own uh, yeah. princess.
1: Real, Real princess. Real
0: princess. Yes. So her hubby, I think his name's Frederick or is it Andrew? Anyway, the prince comes to Australia. He's in sunny Brisbane, goes out to a bar, goes to... Uh, enter the bar. They've got a new ID scanning system in Brisbane for safety and security so they know who's in the building and all those things. The prince does not have his ID and gets told thanks but no thanks, mate. Not happening.
1: Well, they're kind of the rules, aren't they? I suppose if that's the rule of the establishment, that's the rule of the establishment. The establishment. That's just the way it's got to be. You
0: know, I just, yeah, I'm just not, curious uh, with your, with your um, identity <laughs> and profile in Australia. Whether if you did not have your ID on you,
1: you know. People would have no idea who I am. Whether that uh, do
0: you know who I am card might just get you in.
1: Wouldn't work. Wouldn't work. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't work. Wouldn't work in Melbourne. Wouldn't work in Byron Bay. Wouldn't work in anywhere.
0: Definitely definitely would work in in Melbourne. Definitely would work at... um, a few cafes uh, around the Christoph residence that would know you by face, <laughs> and uh, yep. you know if yep. they were serving alcohol after dark, you'd be let in. You'd be <laughs> let in. Hey, um, I know you've been gallivanting around the country. Um, whilst yeah. you've been doing that, and and you've been up till eleven thirty at night, I've been going to bed rather early. I've got a whole new lifestyle, which I don't know if I've spoken to you much about, but um, that lifestyle includes getting up at five o'clock and going to bed between eight thirty and nine thirty, and at night. Wow. I'm reading a book, uh, and at the moment that book is called Mastery by Robert Green, which I'm pretty sure our great mate LT suggested on an episode of Inside the Champion's Mind way back when. Um, yeah. And so all this time later, he's written the 33, 33 strategies of war, the art of seduction, 48 laws of power, the 50th law, which is co-written with 50 Cent as you do and his and his uh, <laughs> new book is called um, Mastery um, it's, right. not, it's not that new anymore but it's, it's it's the latest one anyway in this book demo he talks he, he shares beautifully the stories of da Vinci uh, Mozart and Darwin but it's the stories of Mozart and Darwin which I think are really important particularly for our and out listeners so you happy just to give me the soapbox for a minute or two whilst I quickly share the, their stories.
1: Oh, I'd love it, too.
0: All right. You do it. So Mozart, from the age of four, was kick-butt pianist. He was just all over the piano, literally, whilst he was still in his nappies, or maybe he was just in his jocks by this stage. And he was playing the piano like he'd been playing it for years. And so his dad, kind of like a tennis dad, decided that he would become, his son would become a pianist, a concert performer, and that would have pretty much fund the family. Do you know what I mean? You know where I'm getting at here? Like his his son almost became, I don't want to say a puppet, but they'd gallivant around Europe and they'd perform yep. concerts and it would, this would happen for many years. And uh, sometime in his 20s, I believe it was, um, Mozart had had enough, maybe even being in his early 30s. Um, Mozart had had enough of being the breadwinner of the family being like the magic where if he didn't perform then his dad would get angry and mozart became sick of just being a pianist and he kind of had this awakening um again late 20s early 30s maybe that um he wanted to be a composer and not strictly a pianist, and his dad um, completely shut down the idea, obviously because it was a risk. It's kind of like you know going from employee to entrepreneur to business owner. His son wanted to go and do something new, uh, far less certain, but but w- was going to bring him more joy. His dad said absolutely not, and then so. Uh, Mozart went to, I think it was Salzburg, it was Vienna or Salzburg, he went there to do a concert and he actually never came home Um, and his dad never forgave him. Uh, Mozart stayed, let's call it Salzburg, um, stayed in Salzburg, um, composed like no one's business um, made up for lost time, composed and composed and composed, did all of the work that we honour and love him for and listen to and all the rest of it um, and died at the young age of 35 and no one still knows to this day why he died. Someone suggested on my Facebook page the other day that maybe it was a broken heart. Some people mm. called it um, uh, complications from um, syphilis. Other people called it uh, kid- some problems of uh, kidney disease. Anyway, no one knows to this day why Mozart died. But um, the story in itself is fascinating, particularly the story of family and career slash life purpose. Um, so just park that for a moment and let me share with you the story of Charles Darwin. Charles Darwin, who right. we know as the godfather of evolution, um, grew up loving to collect specimens, whether it was ants, crabs, lizards, snakes, whatever. He just loved collecting specimens. Animals, and it made no logical sense to his father. His father wanted him to become a medical doctor. Um, Darwin was bored out of his brains at med school, so he quit that. And then his dad said, "All right, I'm going to get you a steady job in the church." Darwin was like, "Oh my gosh, I really don't want to do that." He ended up uh, convincing his father that he would go and study um, at Cambridge. I think it was. Or maybe he needed to study at Cambridge in order to get this job. Anyway, he went to Cambridge, couldn't stand it, but the lecturer at Cambridge knew that um, Darwin loved um, collecting specimens. And so it came to the lecturer's attention that there was a um, a ship going on a five-year expedition around the world to just pretty much learn more about the world. And they needed a a botanist or biologist or something, someone to collect specimens on the boat. And so the lecturer suggested Darwin. Darwin uh, tried to convince his dad that he should do it. His dad vehemently disagreed, said absolutely not. You know, there's no job in that. That's a ridiculous idea. There's no security, blah, blah, blah. Darwin then got his uncle to pretty much convince his dad to let him go on the ship. Um, Long story short, his dad succumbed, Darwin went on the ship, Darwin hated the ship for the first little while, realized that a lot of people on the ship were a bunch of bogans, it's probably what we'd call them today. He had to learn how to get along with these people so that the next five years of his life weren't in misery and then he embarked on this journey of self-discovery where he realized that he wasn't just a collector of specimens but he observed um, so many things about the behavior of animals and wildlife and flora and fauna on all these different islands of the world that um, he came back a totally different man and essentially worked for years. We're talking 10, 12, 15 years on his theories of evolution, which is what a lot of us recognize today. But he did it all in spite of his father's wishes. Um, and you look at Mozart, you look at Darwin, and their stories aren't too different to many people Um, either listening to this podcast or people that you and I come into contact with on a daily basis that aren't living the life of their dreams purely because their dreams are living in the shadows of the wishes of their parents. What do you reckon?
1: Oh mate, it's uh, it's profound. Love, to think about that, and I, I think a lot of the uh, the early leaders, the early um, pavers of the way, the pioneers, yeah, all those guys, they kind of they had to rebe- uh, rebel against stuff to get things done, and I think you know anybody who really does stand out has kind of rebelled against the the institution or rebelled against um, you know standard convention, uh, or maybe not rebel rebelled, but just kind of seen things a different way. Um, And they've had some kind of, you know, high level of courage or certainty, poise. There's probably a number of different ways to look at it. And I don't think it's changed. I don't don't think when – you know, if I I consider those people that are really making a difference today, if we consider guys like Steve Jobs or we consider um, the founders of – google yeah facebook zuckerberg like all these people that have done something people have said oh look it's not going to work or just don't do it and they've gone on to do it anyway it's it, you know it, i don't think i don't think there's anything um new it was, it's not new now to consider that what those guys did in the old days um it helped them be pioneers and then stand out uh and and i suppose we still need more of those people to kind of the trend and not just go with the flow and kind of swim upstream a little bit to be able to create this change. Do oh, you? Man, I, I, I like it. I love it.
0: Yeah. And I think that the path hasn't changed, is, is it kind of what you're saying, isn't it? Like that. Yeah. Um, you, you still know, got to do that. You've got to go against the grain, find the courage to go against the grain. The other thing I think of is like, imagine if they succumbed to their parents' wishes. Like, we wouldn't have Mozart and his music. We wouldn't have the theory yeah. of evolution. We wouldn't have yeah. um, so many, I mean, just, yeah, the list just goes on and on and on of people that have fought oh, no, adversity
1: um, yeah. because, you know, at least it one, with an idea. Right? It starts with an idea and then uh, it's, it's got to keep on going but usually most ideas are to improve on what is already socially accepted or is what already is there. You know, the the great one, which I love, is people said, you know, why didn't you ask the public to Henry Ford? Why didn't you ask the public what they wanted? He said, if I had asked the public what they wanted, they would have asked for faster horses. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so you think about that if if you only do what contention or what the convention is, then you, you're only ever going to get slightly better versions of what you've already got. Yeah. You've actually got to shift it, so you've got to make a big difference. And, and so think, that's going against the brain.
0: Yeah, good call. I think, doesn't Steve Jobs, um, the late Steve Jobs, had a similar line when it came to the iPhone? It's like, People would have just wanted smaller Nokis or something like that. Um, you know,
1: true, true. it would never have well, been That's where it was outside. going, wasn't it? Remember how small those phones kept on getting? They're getting smaller and smaller and smaller and you'd pull things out until they became the right size again, yeah. like an antenna or, the, you know, you'd flip out the, the <laughs> mouthpiece, you'd slide down a keyboard. So there's all these things that you would get. But, you know, he invented something –
0: quite unique. Or well, now unique. I can I feel like that old person that can't keep up anymore because I look at Tommy, our little Tommy has uh, my last Nokia as a little play phone like and it's small, it's half the size of my current iPhone. But then I remember at the wellness summit last year, you've got an iPad which is uh it's not quite A3, but it's almost bigger than A4. Uh it
1: is A4. I think it's the size of a uh, it's almost the size of one of those big mailing envelopes.
0: Yeah, it's like full-scale. Yeah. You know, yeah, so now right we've now. got we've got okay. the best of both worlds now. We've got, you know, I'm sitting in front of an yeah, iMac, a MacBook Pro, a little iPhone, um, you know, with an iPad my my A five iPad down on the floor. Yeah. Um, you can these days you can pretty much choose whatever size suits you best. Yeah, that's right. It's a little bit
1: too much choice, isn't it, at the end of the day. <laughs> well when, it's when you, kind you think of about ten thousand dollars worth of equipment that yeah, just, you I'm know, just I'm just looking around
0: going, now I've got four devices. Just, you know, in proximity, it has got a little bit ridiculous. It kind of ties back into uh, our previous episode around, um, you know, we don't have challenges anymore despite what we think we have as challenges. We don't we don't whinge about what we have. We whinge about the price of the things that we have, but we actually still have them. Um, but yeah, going totally. back to just, you know, family that, you know, don't agree with what you're doing or don't understand, do you have any personal stories? I'm going to put you on the spot here. Do you have any personal stories of, Family or friends that either haven't agreed or completely have not taken the time to understand what it is that you've um, done or chosen to do. No. Nah. Do you have? <laughs> no, I'm joking. Of course I do. <laughs> this wasn't sure if you weren't willing to go there, oh, so I was going to just you know gosh. move on.
1: Well, I'm not going to go very deep, but it does cost your friendships. You know, like we've actually moved on from friendship groups um, or friends uh, who haven't um, acknowledged that. It's okay to be slightly different. You know, you don't have to do everything that everybody else does. Um, and so we've moved on from those friends. It, it it can actually cost relationships to to think differently. And yeah. uh, and so yeah, absolutely. We've we've got those sorts of um, events that have occurred in our life for sure.
0: And that is such a good point because really, um, you know, Mozart did did follow his heart at the expense of the relationship with his dad. Now, in fairness, from what I've read. It was Mozart's dad that never forgave Mozart. I don't know enough about, um, from my understanding, Mozart asked for his dad's forgiveness, but his dad never gave it to him. Um, mm. So, and I think that's the thing: is you go well, you know, use the example you just gave with friends or Mozart. Mozart's view was like, well, I can't change the fact that I love composing. Like those things, particularly, you know, you can't change the fact that you love being a chiropractor. Like you just can't, you can't yeah. extract yeah. that out of your DNA and then become a different person. I can't change the fact that I love barracking for Melbourne, you love going for Richmond. Like, you can't just wake up one day and go, I'm just going to stop that. You know, like, half of this stuff is imprinted, whether you like
1: it or not. (laughs) I don't understand how Dusty Martin could go to North Melbourne. I don't understand (laughs) how he could do that. Anyway, I hope he doesn't. But I think that's the thing is that um,
0: sometimes what's the. Uh, one-liner we're better off seeking forgiveness uh than permission because we're not going to get permission mm, you know our, our, our parents our friends our colleagues whoever it is may not never truly understand why it is that we do the things that we do and I don't think we need them to understand like I don't need my mum or dad to understand what a podcast is and how it works and why it's important and you know why it's valuable um I don't need to occupy my mind with that. but what I think is is important is that I have a healthy relationship um, with my with my parents um, and this probably comes down to the next point is so I don't necessarily find myself talking day in, day out about the work that I do, um, with my mum and dad because they're not necessarily going to understand it, so it's almost like talking another language. And that even extends sometimes to Sarah. Like when we sit down at the end of the day to talk about the day, it doesn't really—it um, doesn't really um, enthuse me to talk about nitty gritty stuff about work. I'll, I'll give her the, the broad brush of the day, but it's not—it's just not important for our relationship to talk about the intricate details. She, it's going to put Sarah to sleep. Um, well, it's going to be not that exciting a conversation, and so I think sometimes we just need to appreciate the fact that people close to us in our lives will never necessarily either understand or appreciate, um, and, and that's and
1: they're not designed to. That's true. The, the, you don't have to get a hundred percent understanding and acceptance. I agree with that hundred percent. It's interesting because the acknowledgement too, and this is a really uh, I think important thing for us to to understand, and and it's what. It's tapping in, I suppose, to what's important to you, that drives you, as opposed to what's interesting to you that kind of swings you. Because what what's interesting will swing you, because you look for shiny objects. But what drives you is what's important. So so good. Yeah. So I I do think about um, you know me trying to explain what it is that I do do in the hope that that might actually influence people's. decisions or decision-making processes but at the end of the day like you know what drives those people is what's going to you know get them to where they're going to be um as opposed to my little bits of squeaks on the side so if they're really interested in what I'm doing then I'll ask the question and and so I've I've kind of become less involved in trying to tell people or share with people what it is that I actually do do and less they're actually genuinely interested in asking questions. So it's just holding back a little bit. It's it's probably less of a soapbox kind of thing, and it's also i found a little bit um, more socially… Um, easy. Less, yeah, <laughs> easy, less abrasive, I suppose. It's yeah. not like steel wool. It's, kind of, it's a, bit, a bit different, <laughs> which is nice. So you kind to choose your battles a bit, if you know uh, what I
0: mean. Can I just <laughs> hypothesize that potentially, you know, as as someone that's married to a chiropractor and best mate to the chiropractor, that sometimes the what-do-you-do-I'm-a-chiropractor conversation can take on the connotations of steel wolf?
1: Yeah, totally. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Oh, one of them, are you? You're a backcracker fish slapper.
1: Oh <laughs> like you guys are dangerous and kill kids. Like there's all that sort of stuff um that you kind of get and and so I I I probably I don't tell people straight up that I'm a chiropractor, which is really sad. You know, in the old days when I was uh when so I you first have a started in a podcast? Yeah, now I now I tell people I do a few things in a health space. I run a you know health and wellbeing practice, which I'm a chiropractor at, and then I tell people that I I've I've got a breakfast muesli and a breakfast you know gluten free breakfast muesli company and uh, and then I I run some podcasts and and that's kind of what I tell people that I do and you know it, inevitably um there'll be some kind of conversation that leads in from there like it'll be kind of oh muesli that's a pretty congested space that must be really difficult for you um or um oh podcasting what's a podcast or. um, Don't
0: you love that though, the natural curiosity within humanity that often leaves when we feel like we know something? Because when you say I'm a chiropractor, all of a sudden, again, this is very generalist in nature but a lot of people feel like they know what a chiropractor is so it's like there's judgment because we know something whereas you say podcast, people are happy to not know what it is so they'll ask you, well, what exactly is a podcast? I've always wanted to understand it. Yeah. which I've always found fascinating because, and again, I have great memories of being in the chiropractic world, but some of the other memories are just the complete and utter judgment you would get just in saying the word from people that may have never seen a chiropractor, been exposed to one, or um, never, yeah, really had no experience in the space.
1: Yeah, true.
0: Um, so, yeah, I love what you said about swings, uh, swings, swinging from shiny objects versus driving, which I kind of just wrote down. You're kind of swinging in squiggles versus going in a straight line. Um, when you really know what your what your purpose is, um, do you find over the years that you found it easier to be um, less attached or more detached from what other people think? Uh, you know, versus the other side, which is caring what everyone thinks. Do you find that the longer you're in a game, whether it's a Cairo game, the naturopath game, the podcast game, the breakfast um, health space game, that you care less, um, for want of a better term, about the views of others?
1: I think you've come down to a bit more of a certainty thing, MP. I think the longer that you're in something, the longer that you do something, the more certain you are about it. And if you become less certain the longer you're in something, then obviously you're living out of integrity. So um, I think if you're in it for a long period of time and your certainty grows, then you obviously really feel passionate enough to be able to continue to do something. But if you're in something... Uh, for a long period of time, and you be and you're feeling less and less certain about it, then it's time to kind of move on and move out. and uh, And so, for me, I suppose it's not that I don't care about what people say, it's that i'm I'm more certain with where I am and what I'm doing and how I'm um, living my life's purpose and being driven. Um, the longer that I spend in it and the things that I'm feeling less certain about, I'm kind of cleaving off and just kind of letting go and not in a bad way, but it's just, you know, it it actually empowers you to be more certain about the things that you're, you're wanting to spend time on. And, uh, and so for me uh, with, you know, with people in conversations, if they've got things to say that don't support my certainty, there's really not a whole lot of point me trying to convince them otherwise, because that's just kind of where they are. Um and I know that kind of almost sounds a little bit defeatist, but it's kind no, of like just picking it's, your battles. Yeah, it's just picking no. your battles, just kind of going, okay. Well, if that's where you're at, that's fine. But I'm going to continue on my journey. If you're really interested in finding more about it, then you're kind of not going to have comments. You're going to have questions.
0: That's a really good call. And I think for everyone listening, just you know, just hit the reverse 15 seconds a few times and hear that back again. Because I think what you're saying, Damo, and this has to be so clear for our listeners, particularly. Listeners that are either, you know, in work that other people may not understand or, or believe in is that don't expect other people around you to change. You know, if it brings you joy, that's great, but don't expect other people to, to change or understand or even appreciate what it is that you do. Like um, it's just I think the key is, is not to spend so much time around those people. And that's tricky if that person is your spouse or partner or literally someone under your roof. Um yeah. you know, I work with people that have, you know, nagging partners about their work and I and I don't I don't envy that position at all. You know, to come home from work and have that work doubted. Um yeah. that that is something that's a, a, you know it's a little bit more complex that one but um i just think it's really important that people heed what you're saying there it's not defeatist to not want to change everyone that you are around it's actually a lot more easy to live when you have no expectation on others to get what you do understand what you do or even appreciate what you do as long as it brings you joy really that's all
1: that matters Totally, totally. I get
0: you. I agree. Cool. More wisdom from you. Sincerely appreciated, Damo. Uh, we must talk about Ikaria on, a, on an upcoming episode. We didn't actually talk about it on this episode and that being that, you know, in Ikaria, they don't care what anyone else in Greece is doing. They don't, they don't wait right. for approval of the mainland or anything else that's going on even in the EU. Sorry. The Ikarian culture is so fiercely protected. They are not losing any sleep on what anyone else thinks they should be doing um you know particularly even uh, i remember them talking about the Panagetis the festivals that a lot yeah. of the panegyries in in Greece um and the other greek islands have become commercialized you know sponsors and you know businesses they're almost like markets where people are selling their stuff and all the rest of it which no one is saying is a good or a bad thing it's just that the Ik- ikarians don't want it that way they still want it to be done by the village and done through their church and you know through donations and all the rest of it and they just they will not um, they will not heed what anyone else is saying they will not uh, they will not buck they talk about stubborn it takes it to a whole new level but we'll talk about the 2018 experience again in upcoming episodes damo thanks again for your wisdom on this episode of 100 on out to find out more about damo guys head on over and read the blogs and read more about damo at dami i uh got some great um, videos there for very, very uh, – got good deals on some of your talks, Crack Your Stress Code, Power of Food. Um, I think you might even get cheaper bucks hey. for some of them. Super cheap. Yeah, so hey. um, head on over and uh, and invest in a bit of demo action. Thanks, well Frank. worth Thank it. You. My pleasure. Um, myself, go to marcuspierce.com.au. And uh, to spread this podcast with the world, head on to the iTunes store. Give this podcast a five-star rating. That tells iTunes to spread the 100 Not Out message with humanity all around the world which is what the world needs we think all right until next week folks look after yourself and continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life we hope you enjoyed this edition of 100 not out now if you love this episode and you love longevity then you are invited to join damien and i at our 2018 longevity experience on the greek island of ikaria this is a nine night 10 day all-inclusive immersion based at thayer's inn and restaurant TripAdvisor's number one place to be in Icaria. Together we'll be living the Icarian lifestyle, eating, moving, dancing, socializing, learning, and a whole lot more. This is a lifestyle that has 80% less dementia, 50% less cancer, 20% less heart disease, and the highest count of centenarians per capita in the world they don't call it the island where people forget to die for nothing to find out more and to apply go to www.100notout.com applications are processed on a first in first served basis so even if you aren't 100 sure your best bet is to fill out the application form it is completely free to apply and only takes two minutes we would love to have you there so head over to 100notout.com for all the info until next week Thanks again for your support, and may the rest of your life be the best
1: of your life. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebookcom forward wellness thewellnesscouch Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch: Streaming Wellness into Your Lives.